Um, all of this uh, stuff going on is, is, uh, has us as a church in um, a really awkward time, right? Because we are, we, we are moving out of here. We don't have our own place. We're having to shift our service times, um, all, all the stuff. Um, and so we're a little bit off kilter from where we would normally be. And I will tell you this, I am a creature of habit. Uh, and I do best when I have a routine and, uh, and I can just keep doing the same things that I've been doing. I am most at peace personally um, when I know what's going on, even if it's not great things going on, just knowing like what's going on, what's coming next. Like those are the things that I am in my happy place uh, with that. And right now we don't have any of that. Like none of it. Uh, it is, it's maddening. Like this week, the new owners are built. This building is sold. It's not ours. The new owners were putting a roof on it. So all week long, we had all of the noise and all of the craziness of people putting a new roof on this building. Um, that, that for me is just, again, the unknown out of my routine. Things have been crazy. Uh, you know, that's a control thing for me, right? Um, it is, I, I am that way because I like to feel like I have some control of my world. And when, when those things don't happen and I don't know what's going on, I feel like I don't have control of my life. Uh, and when I don't have control of my life, I get, I'm just going to tell you all, I'm preaching to myself today. So you'll hear a lot of this confession this morning. I have needed this sermon this week. And so you guys really just get to sit in on it. But I am preaching to myself. When I get, like this week has been, all the things that are going on with the move, I get anxious. Um, I do feel like I'm not alone in this. But I get anxious about things. I can worry sometimes about things, get frustrated with things. And I know this last part is hard to believe, but when all that happens, sometimes I'm not the nicest person to be around. Hard to believe, right? But it is true. Now, why am I sharing all of this with you? Um, with all of this transition going on, there is uncertainty everywhere. Like we, we don't know when they're going to be done with the new building. We don't know when we'll be able to move into the new building. These are the things going on in my head. I don't know who's going to show up to help us load the pods that we've got coming. I don't even know if we've got enough pods. Like, I don't even know how to figure that out. How do you figure out how many you need? I say, just get like 30 and we'll have plenty of pods. Um, and then I don't have to worry about it, right? I know we've got more than enough. Um, we're over budget on the on the new building. Shouldn't come as a shock, um, but we are, and so we have to figure out what are we what are we going to do to get things in order and on track, and how are we going to cover this and that, and all of this is going on. All of this transition, like y'all, in two weeks we won't be in this building, and there are going to be people showing up at this building for church, and it might be some of y'all because you didn't listen to me during the announcements. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, Keith said we're not going to be here. Um, so those are the things that just swirl around in, in my mind. Mercer students are about to come back to school. They, they don't look at our social media. They don't have any idea that we're moving. They're just going to show up and we won't be here. 
Um, all of this is what swirls around in my mind. And listen, there's a lot more. Like I could tell you all a lot more, but I don't, I don't want you to be worried about my worries because this is just scratching the surface. I needed this week to be reminded that God is great so I don't have to be. And that's what we're talking about this morning, right? Because I, I really, this week, needed to be reminded of that. I needed to be reminded that God is great, so I don't have to be great. Now, my head swirls are different than your head swirls, but I know that you guys have your own, the things that swirl around in your head. Um, school starting back, bills, kids, work, house, sickness, medical issues, relational issues. Like we all have those things that swirl around in, in our head. And I, I know, I know that you have those as well. And it's all more than we can control. It's all more than we can control. It's all more than you can control. And that's okay. That's okay. What I, what I want you to do this morning is be reminded with me. And listen, I, I'm also going to need you to remind me in the days to come as well, God is great so I don't have to be in control. God is great so you don't have to be in control as well. I want to talk about that, the greatness of God and what that means for us. Uh, again, because, man, this, this week I have needed it, um, and I'm going to need it in the weeks to come as well. Theologians often lump the description of God's greatness, the descriptions of his greatness, into this one big category that they call the transcendence of God. So we'll start there with the transcendence of God. And what that means simply is that God is above that God is above all else. He's above all of creation. He is over all of creation. He is greater than. He's greater than anything else, beyond anything else. Our God, the God, is the God above all other gods. Now, there are a lot of passages in the Bible that talk about that. One of the many is Psalms, uh, Psalm 113. Psalm 113 says, Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is seated on high? Who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? Right? This is, this is the psalmist, and he's asking the question, who is like our God? Who is like our God? No one, the psalmist is saying, no one. Who is like our God, high above all the nations of the earth and all the kingdoms of the earth? No one. No one is like our God. Who is like our God whose glory rises above not just the earth, but whose glory is greater even than the heavens? And the answer is the same. No one. No one is like our God. Our God is greater than anyone or anything. Nothing in all of creation, nothing that ever is or ever will be, comes even close to the greatness of God, and that's what the psalmist is saying. So how is our God greater? What are the ways that the Bible talks about our God being greater, our God being transcendent? One is that our God is eternal. God is eternal. He is without beginning, without end. Um, he is, as Psalm 90 verse 2 says, from everlasting to everlasting. 
Genesis 21 verse 33 uses the term El Olam as the name of God and it means the God of eternity or the everlasting God. God has not ever not existed, right? God has not ever not existed. God has always existed and God will always be. Uh, He has been. Before there was time, there was God. Before there was anything, there was God. God is eternal without beginning, without end. That is so hard for us to grasp. And the reason that it's so hard for us to really fathom that God has no beginning and no end is because we all have a beginning and we all have an end, at least in this life, unless Jesus comes, comes first. We have a beginning, our parents had a beginning, our grandparents had a beginning, and we've seen many through our lives who, who have also come to the end, the end in, in this life. We were all created for eternity right? But even there, we had a beginning and God has no beginning. God is greater. God is greater. God is omnipresent. That's another one of the descriptors that we use to talk about God. just means that God is everywhere all at once. God is capable of being everywhere all at the same time. This too is like, I mean, how do we even, I I can't imagine that. How is that so? And yet it, it, it is. In Psalm 139, David asked, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, I can hide in the darkness and the light about me be night, even in the darkness... Even the darkness itself is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for the darkness is as a light with you. Wherever I go, the psalmist is saying, wherever I go, you are there. Even when I try to hide from you, even when I try to flee from you, there is nowhere that I can go and you not be there. Not, not a piece of God, not, not God looking out of the corner of his eye, but God himself being there, being wherever the psalmist is, God is there. God is also omniscient. That means that God knows everything, everything. God knows everything. God knows everything that is. He knows everything that was. He knows everything that is possible. If there is a possibility for something to go one way or another way or whatever the case may be, God knows it. There is nothing that is knowable that is outside of God's knowledge. Nothing that God does not know. Isaiah chapter 46, uh, the, the, the Lord speaking to Israel said, Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient um, times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, God says. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. Don't forget, God is saying. Don't don't forget, 
I am the one who declared the future. I am the one who told your forefathers exactly what was going to happen. And I am the one who brought it about just as I said I would. Whatever it is that I purpose, whatever it is that I have purposed, I am God, the God above all other gods. Whatever it is I purpose, I will bring it about. And that is our God. God knows the beginning from the end, and, and, and he knows everything in between. And not only does he know the beginning from the end and everything in between, but our God is able to bring it about. That we see in those verses as well. God is omnipotent. Fifty-six times, I believe it is, in the Bible, God is called Almighty. God is called Almighty 56 times. Right? The, the, the one word, Almighty, is really just a combination of two words, all and mighty. And what the Bible is saying is that there is, there is no one, there is nothing that is mightier than our God. Whatever might that there is, God is mightier. He is Almighty. Have you ever looked out at night? Have you ever looked out on a, on a clear night and, and, and just looked at the stars? Have you done that before? Yes? Yeah, it's, it's amazing looking up at the stars or, or to look up even at the moon. Not too long ago, the moon was like huge and red or orange or whatever color it was. Man, that was nuts. That, that moon that, that, that we were all marveling over, if you guys saw it, it really was crazy. 238,900 miles away. 238,900 miles away. That is a long way away from us, isn't it? What about the, the, the stars? The sun is the closest star to us. The sun obviously gives us light. The sun gives us the warmth that we need 93 million miles away. Now that's a long way. 93 million miles away. Here's what is so incredible about it, and I'm sure there's an exact number on this, but like if we were any closer to the sun, we would be there 93 million miles. You can't be off by much, right? God is perfect. If we were any closer to the sun, we would melt. If we were any further away from the sun, we would freeze. God placed us in the perfect spot, the perfect distance, 93 million miles away from the sun. Now, now, stars, the sun is a star. When you think about all the stars in the galaxy, we are in the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy is one of the smaller galaxies that we know of. And there is, well, in, in the Milky Way, we don't even know how many stars there are. Like in our own galaxy, there are so many stars, we can't even count those stars. Uh, the, the scientists estimate somewhere between 100 billion, with a B, 100 billion stars to 400 billion stars just in our galaxy. That's a lot of stars, right? Uh, 100 to 400 billion. Does anybody here know how many galaxies? That's just in our galaxy, the Milky Way. Does anybody know how many galaxies that there are? You don't know because scientists don't know. 
And the reason that scientists don't know is because we have yet to find the end of the universe. The furthest that we can look, the universe keeps going. When our technology gets better and we can see further, it still keeps going. We cannot find an end to the universe that we live in. Now, 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 while we don't know how many galaxies that there are, we, we, we really have no idea. Scientists, I don't even know how they guess this, but scientists guess that there may be 100 billion galaxies. 100 billion galaxies. And most of them are bigger than our galaxy. 100 billion galaxies. And in our galaxy, there are 300 billion stars. What is 100 billion times 300 billion? That is like a bazillion stars, isn't it? Maybe bazillions of stars. We don't even have a number that big for all the stars that there are in the universe. And there's more than that because we still haven't reached the end of the universe. God created every one of them. God created every one of those stars. He spoke them into existence. Not only did God create them, but he hung them perfectly, exactly where he wanted them to be. He gave them their place, and he has told them how long they can live. Listen. I can't remember the names of my kids some days. God has named every single one of those stars. Man, how amazing is that? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 26, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name. By the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one of them is missing. Colossians 1.17 and Hebrews 1.3 says that he not only created it all, but he continues to sustain it, even now, the entire universe. And the Bible tells us, but by the word of his power, by, by the word, by, by just speaking it, God created this entire universe. But by, by, the, by the word of his power, he created and he sustains. This God that we read about who, who, who parted the Red Sea, who raised up nations and, and brings nations down, who brought floods, who brought droughts, who brought swarms of locusts that we read about with the Israelites, an invasion of frogs, who turned the Nile River into blood. He gives life and he takes life. That is our God. He is, he is omniscient. He is omnipotent. And our God is sovereign. He is great. Our God is sovereign. I won't spend much time on this one, but the Bible is clear. Um, Psalm 115 verse 3 says, But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. How amazing is that? Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. What, what, what the psalmist is saying is that there is, there is no one who stops God. God doesn't have to take counsel with the, the wisest of people on the earth. God knows all and he is able to do all. He knows the beginning from the end. He brings about his plans and his purposes. He is sovereign over all of it. 
He is not obligated to anyone. He is God, and he does what he pleases. Our sovereign, mighty, great, all-powerful God. God is God, and we are not. God is God, and we are not. God is, is transcendent. Do you believe that? God is transcendent. Now, stick with me because this gets better. He is transcendent, but he is not distant. He is transcendent, but he is not distant. Theologians call this eminence, and his eminence is really incredible. Um, the eminence of God. God is indeed over um, and above all things and all people. He transcends, but he is not distant from us like the, like the clockmaker, the watchmaker, the God who is out there and who is mighty and powerful and can do all things, but he's not really paying attention like he set things. That's not our God. Our God is not distant. Our God is near. He is near to us. Proverbs 5.21 says, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all of his paths. God is watching all of the paths of humanity. Psalm 33, 13 and 14. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. Our, our great and transcendent God is interested in the lives of humanity. He is interested in watching our lives. The Bible tells us that, that, that it is God who establishes kings and kingdoms, according to, to Romans 13, right? So it's not like he's just out there watching things happen. R Romans 13 makes it clear that there is no authority on earth that is not there by the hand of God. Every government, every election, God has his hand in. God is a part of all of it, is what Romans 13 is saying. God is sovereignly involved in the affairs of his creation, even over governments and election. He's not just watching. He is involved. Listen, this gets better. It's not just the big things that God knows about and is involved in. It's the small things as well. None of it escapes his attention. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Now, sparrows were offered in sacrifice, and they were cheap. Two for a penny for the poorer people to be able to make sacrifice. But they were cheap like that. You could buy two for a penny because there were so many of them. They were, they were incredibly common. And, 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 and here, here, what Jesus is saying is, look, this common little sparrow that you can buy two for a penny and that are offered for sacrifice, do you not realize that your father knows them intimately and not a one of them falls to the ground without him knowing? God cares even for the sparrow. He, he adds in verse 30, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Now, that doesn't say a lot about some of us. But I want to say some of y'all are blessed out there. Some of y'all are blessed. God knows the number of hairs on your head. And that, 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 is, that, is, that is incredible. But here's what's incredible about it to me. I mean, for one thing, it's just incredible to know because there's a lot of hair out there. But what's incredible is, is, is that God cares. 
What's incredible is that God knows you that intimately and that personally, and that's, that's the point. God knows you, and he knows the number of hairs on, on your head. That is, that is absolutely incredible. Again, it gets better. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34 Jesus said God God doesn't the father not only knows us and knows the number of hairs on our head but man he he cares about us beginning in verse 25 Matthew chapter 6 do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on it is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of them. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things, all of the things that you need. Your, your, father, your, your father knows that you need these things. Your father knows that you are concerned about these things. Your father sees you. Seek your father and his kingdom and he will give you everything that you need. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Your father's got tomorrow. Don't be anxious about what you don't have. Your father will take care of all of your needs. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This great, amazing God who named and numbered and gives place to those bazillions of stars that are out there says, don't worry. Don't worry, about, don't worry about food and clothing and water. Do, do you see the stars? Do you see the stars that I created and, and, and keep in their place? Do, do, you not, do you not see that? I'll take care of you. I will take care of your every need. He even tells us in Romans 8 that he is working all things together for our good as his children. All things. He is working all things together for good. All the things that we think are good, he is working together for good. All the things that we think are bad in our life, God is working them together for good. All the things that are uncertain in our life, all of the, the death and the sickness and the health and the wealth and the poverty and building construction, Keith, and moving and transition and how many pods that we need and who will show up to help load the pods. He is working it all together for good. He sees it and he knows it 
And, and even before I worried, he was working on it. He is near. He is near to you and he is near to me. That's good, isn't it? That our great God who is transcendent is also imminent. But wait, there's more. The single greatest picture of those two things coming together is seen in the gospel. Y'all, please don't miss this part. Transcendence and imminence, the transcendence of God and the imminence of God, those things collide beautifully in the gospel. The greatness of God that we have been talking about is most beautifully seen in Jesus, right? Jesus was God's plan before the foundations of the earth. Ephesians 1, 4, 1 Peter 1, 20, Revelation 13, 8. It all tells us that before the foundations of the world, before there was a need, God had a plan. God had a plan and Jesus was the plan. Jesus was the plan before the foundations of the earth. Romans 5, 6 says that Jesus at just the right time died for the unrighteous. Now listen to me. Just the right time means at just the right time in human history. At just the right time in all of human history, human history past, human history future, at just the right time. Jesus, the righteous, died for the unrighteous, all in God's timing. King Herod tried to, to find and kill Jesus. If you remember when he was a baby, King Herod sought him out to kill Jesus so that the king could not live. But God took care of that. And the reason that God took care of that is because there is no king and there is no government that is greater than God. And no king and no government can ever stand in the way of God's plan. This is our great God, our transcendent God. The Jewish leaders, they tried several times before the crucifixion to have Jesus killed. But guess what? God was greater than them. God was greater than them. In the cross, we see the plans of eternity past unfolding sovereignly and in love. We see this great God bringing about his purposes and his timing, right? He is, he is overcoming nations and kings. He is keeping every promise that he ever made, every promise that he made. The Apostle Paul says all of the promises of God find their yes in Christ, this is God keeping every promise. And all of those Old Testament prophecies that talked about the coming Savior and the coming Messiah, he was fulfilling every single one of them at just the right time. All of that to rescue and to redeem a people, a people whom he loves, a people that he, he loves and he cares for, all, all of that to, to, to make us his children forgiven and free, his people forever and ever and ever. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we, 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 we see not just this transcendent God who, who put this perfect plan together in his perfect timing, controlling sovereignly everything to bring it about at just the right time, but he is not only transcendent, he is imminent. 
We see the God who came in flesh and dwelt among us. The God who became like us. The God who submitted himself, taking on the flesh of humanity, who submitted himself, the creator, submitting himself to his own creation. The the God who, who came to be with us, who came to be like us, who came to suffer as we suffer, to suffer in our place, to die the death, to die the death that we deserve because of our sin. This is the gospel. This is the most beautiful picture of the eminence of God, God coming to be with us. And not only coming to be with us, but through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, securing a way that we could be with him, forgiven and free forevermore. Forevermore with him. Who? Who but the Almighty could defeat death and sin and Satan? Who but the Almighty could pull off a plan like this? No one. No one but him, and he did. He did. We see the perfect plan of God unfold in perfect power. The only way that it could, at just the right time. Our God is great, and he is near. God in the flesh to be with us. Do you see that? Yeah? The gospel is this incredible picture that shows us, if we, if we take the time to look at it, an incredible picture that shows us how great and mighty and amazing that God is. And how kind and gracious and loving and near that that same God is. Our great God is with us. Who is like our God? No one. No one. Do you believe this morning that he is all-powerful? Yes. Do you believe that he is all-knowing and able to do anything that he desires? Do you believe that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Do you believe at the same time that that great God who is over all, over all, and above all, who transcends all, do you believe that he deeply cares for you and for me and that because of that he is near? near to our everyday lives, near to our concerns and our cares and our fears and our hurts, near to all of it, then why do we worry? Why do we worry? Why do I feel like I have to be in control? You know, the truth is we're in control of nothing, right? I mean, what, what an idiot I am. I don't want to call you all an idiot. That I would think that I could be in control. Here's the truth. God is great in all of the ways that I talked about, his transcendence and his eminence. God is great, so I don't have to be in control. God is great, so I don't have to be in control. 
believing that God is great, that he is greater than anyone or anything, that he is sovereign and mighty and powerful, combined with the truth that we were just talking about, combined with the truth that he is, he is near, that he is intimately concerned with my life, that he is loving and kind and gracious, that he is working all things together for good. Not only is he doing it, but, but, but he is able to do it. Like the things that I can't see, he sees. The things that I can't know, he knows. The things that he is able to do and I can't do, he, he can do all of that. And he knows all of that. What all of that means is that I don't have to be in control. It's okay that I don't know right now when we're going to move. It's okay right now that I don't know if we have enough pods. That one troubles me a little bit. It's like the sixth time I've mentioned it this morning. It's okay because God is great. And I can let God be in control. And, and if I believe that, if I believe all of those things, now listen to me, I'm not talking about knowing it. I, I, I don't, I have not, if you've been in church for very long, I have not told you anything today that you did not already know about God. Th these are not new things. The, the problem for us is not that we don't know those things. The problem is that we don't believe them. We file them away as knowledge, and that's, that's where it all stays. Yeah, I know God is great, but man, i got to figure out these pods. We don't believe. When I am worried and anxious and fearful, it is most often because I, I, I lack confidence in God. I don't believe. I don't believe that God's got it. I don't believe that God is, is, is close. I don't, I don't believe that God cares intimately for me and for us and that God is going to take care of all the details. And even if we don't have enough pods, God's going to take care of that as well. I don't believe it. I know it. I can even stand here and preach it to you. But, but when it comes right down to it, the reason that I worry is because I don't believe it. Rather than trusting in God, I try to know all of the things that are knowable. I try to figure out all of the possibilities that exist. And then, and then here's what happens, and it happens to all of us, right? We, 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 we know we're losing control. Like we know there are too many things for us to control. There are too many plates spinning, too many things going on. We can't control them on. Inside, we know that we are not controlling it. And then what happens to our anxiety? It just goes up. Because we know that we can't be in control. And so, and so our, our worry grows, our anxiety grows, our fear grows, and those things begin to take over our life, and, and, and we drift further and further away from the truth and further and further away from the good Father who loves us. Further and further from peace. But what if we really believed so the problem, I said it a minute ago, is we know these things about God, but we don't believe them. What if we did believe them? Like, like what if we really believed all of those things that y'all said that you believed, right? When I said, do you believe this? You're like, yeah, I believe that. What if we really believed it? 
What if, what if I really believed it? What if I really believed that the God who created all of those bazillions of stars and, and calls them by name, what if I really believed that that God loves me and is with me and he sees my path? What if I really believed that he, is, he, he knows me so intimately and personally that he's saying, Keith, I, I see your worry. Stop worrying about the stupid pods. I've got it. That's what he would say to me. Stop being an idiot. I've got it. What if I believed that God's got it? What if I believed that he, 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 he cares that much about me, that he's saying, I, I, I see you. My son, you don't have to worry. Dad's got it. What if I believed that he was in com- complete control? You know, instead I say, yeah, but God, what about this? I've got it. What if I believe that? What if you believe that about your job, about your finances, about your relationships, about your family? What would happen to our worry? We wouldn't have any, would we? If we really believed. Here's the truth of it. He is greater. He is greater than whatever the circumstances are, greater than school, career, business, relationships. He is greater. Financial problems, he is greater. Health problems, greater. Trouble, greater. Mistakes, we just went through Genesis. Look at all the mistakes that were made in Genesis. And not one of those mistakes ever hampered God in his plans. God is even greater than our mistakes. God is greater. God is greater and he is able. He is able and, and, and he will see you through. That's what the Bible says. He promises. He is working all things together for good. In all of those things, even now. I believe it. I'm preaching to myself. Believe it. He is greater than the people in your life. He is greater than the boss that doesn't treat you right, greater than the mean girls in in your class, greater than your grumpy neighbor. God is greater. Greater than the people that you fear, greater than the people that you want to please. And this great God loves you. And he cares for you. This God is greater than sin, greater than Satan, greater than death. Those have all been dealt with by him. He is greater. Believe it. Have you ever found yourself worried and anxious and you tell yourself to just stop? Stop worrying about the pods, Keith. How's that work? Doesn't, does it? But what if you really believed? What if you reminded yourself who God is? What if you reminded yourself of what God has done for you? What if you remembered the cross? There in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. What if you you looked there to remember God's transcendence? What if you looked there to remember God's eminence? What if you looked there to remember just how much God loves you? How willing 
he's been to do whatever it takes to work all things together for good, even for you. There, you could rest. I'm preaching to myself. There, I can rest in him. Lord, I believe in what comes next. Help my unbelief. Let's pray. Father, you are great, and we are not. Thank you for the reminder for me this week and all of the swirling questions. Too much for me to control. Thank you for reminding me that I don't have to. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me that I can't. I can't control a single one of them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind me again of that. And I pray, Father, that you would remind all of us of that. Remind us of who you are. Remind us of what you've done. Remind us of how great that you are. Holy Spirit, remind us of the the transcendence of our Father. Remind us as well of his eminence. That our dad is near and that he cares. And that he truly is working all things together for good. Remind us, remind us that God is great and we are not. That God is great so we can just let him be in control. We love you. Help us find peace. In Jesus' name, amen.